Okay, let's move on. And Dr. Cole got a great guest on. Uh, I think one of the, the best guests our listeners going to hear all year. Uh, we've got former NFL player, former Chicago Bears safety, Doug Plank with us. Doug played uh, nine seasons with the Bears, played college football at Ohio State under Woody Hayes, and uh, known as one of the hardest hitters ever to play in the NFL. Yeah, he's a guy that I loved uh, when I was growing up, uh, watching the Bears uh, play, and um, uh, I, I don't know how he's able to walk and talk today, and I mean that in a positive way because he's very articulate, you'll find out. But uh, do you remember Doug Plank, uh, Dr. Cole? I do. I was just thinking, Steve, um, we had this expression where we, we used to play this game um, where we basically, you just get the ball and you just tackle the guy and, you know, you, you just, just smear the guy with the ball. And we used to say you got planked. Um, so, um, you know, Doug, having grown up in Chicago, um, I remember you very, just the spirit or essence of you. It's funny because when you hear your name, it is, it's like a visceral thing. It's associated with the kind of player you were. Um, and, and, and I guess now fast forward, you know, how many years has it been? Steve, how many years? Oh, you know, my, yeah, my last year was uh, 1984 as far as football was concerned. So, yeah, the time has gone by, what, 36 years? Right. So fast forward. Now we're going to talk about the wrath that your, uh, what, you, what you contributed to our history uh, has played on your body. So, as Steve said, just it's going to be great to have you on the show. Yeah, so Doug, take us back uh, to the beginning uh, when you and I talked before, and uh, you took. I want to start with this. You said you took a hundred stitches as a child, so this is something you were you were kind of born with this this attitude to um, you know be fierce, and uh, football was made for you, huh? Well, growing up in Western Pennsylvania, same place Mike Dick grew up, uh, there literally were a lot of coal miners, uh, blue collar. My my father worked in a factory his whole life. So, um, you know, it was toughness, you know, and football was really, uh, you know, the number one sport in the area as evidenced by the love for the Steelers now. But it was something that you had to be a tough guy. And I remember back when I was a kid growing up, we were always doing things like climbing trees and climbing cliffs. And uh, so when the injuries happened, they happened rather dramatically. You know, they were big gashes, uh, concussions, things like that because kids were fighting and throwing rocks at each other. And uh, a 10 or 11 year old could then could back then back in the sixties go out in the, down in the uh, woods with a shotgun. Uh, You would see, it was not uncommon to see kids 12, 13 years old walking down the street with, you know, rifles, shotguns going out in the woods, shooting things. So it was just a different time. And, um, you know, so toughness was really a key. And if you didn't get 100 stitches by the time you were nine years old, you were a sissy, as they said. And uh, so toughness, you know, you didn't complain about injuries, uh, pain. Uh, I remember very few times ever going to the doctor occasionally just to get, you know, my stitches, get, get gashes sewed up. That was about it. Um, and toughness was the way to go. And uh, I, I, really when I, I got you... to be... Were you, no, I was just going, how old were you when you first played football? Uh, I started, my mother, in fact, I had no choice. When I was eight years old, my mother took myself and my older brother, and we had to sign up for this uh, junior football league, peewee football league. And, uh, you know, that's when I really found I loved to hit other people. It put a smile on my face. And I have you to know, imagine that time you knew you had no fear at that time because I, I it's funny because I started playing football you never know it I'm five eight and you know uh, but I was I started playing football when I was in third grade so we used to call it was a George Hallis or it was Pee Wee football and we it was the George Hallis League and um, we it was also called it wouldn't even be politically correct anymore they used to call it midget football. 
<laughs> right? you, think about how, <laughs> you think about that, you know, so we've come a long way. Uh, or we know we were the mighty midgets, actually. So um, at any rate, um, that's something that you probably remember back at that time where you just had no fear. And you're like, I just really like to hit people hard. I kind of, it's you, funny, I kind of remember that. Yeah, I did. You know, I, and I love football. I mean, I, I love the Steelers because you don't have any choice in Pittsburgh. That is the number one thing you do in life. You watch the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's probably a lot of sad Steeler fans out there after watching that game, losing the Cleveland Browns. But, you know, football is such a big part of my life. I used to catch it, throw it, kick it. In fact, when I was nine years old, I participated in the pass, punt, and kick competition, and I won the entire Pittsburgh area. I got a chance to participate in an NFL game in halftime. I remember it was, the, it was uh, the Washington football team. It was a call different something back then. But the Washington football team was playing <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers, and at halftime, I went out and passed, punted, and, and kicked off. And, uh, you know, I won the uh, Pittsburgh area, but this was nationwide. So there was somebody in the Midwest that had out, actually, out, you know, outkicked me or whatever the point being. But, you know, football was a driving force in my life. And I got into high school, and I started writing letters to Penn State, Joe Paterno. Could he please recruit me? And uh, I, I didn't hear a response until after the season and he came down and literally gave me back my letters and said thank you doug i never received you know emotional letters like this from anybody and uh there was a newspaper article in the pittsburgh press press and uh the ohio state coach saw it woody hayes from ohio state and that's how i got to ohio state he was there the next weekend and offered me a scholarship Uh, we're visiting with doug plank former nfl player of course number 46 with the chicago bears you're listening to sports medicine weekly steve cashel dr brian colt great to have doug on so doug what was your first real injury was it in uh, youth football high school football and of course you're going to tell us a story uh, about your first ever practice at ohio state right absolutely i mean other than the stitches um you know, I never gotten knocked out uh, up until that point in time. I mean, uh, no, I'm sorry, that was in, that was incorrect. I probably had uh, probably five concussions while I was in high school. I never told anybody about it though, and I wasn't literally knocked out. I, well, only one time, my junior year, it was homecoming, and I woke up in the emergency room of a hospital that was 20 miles away. So that was my first serious concussion. The other ones were just where you were dazed. You lost your balance for momentary. You couldn't remember who you were playing or where you were at. You still played football. You still were pounded in these plays. So you you could still recite and you knew what to do on each and every play as long as you were back to the huddle. And, but this got me to Ohio state and injuries other than concussions. My very first day at Ohio state, we went out on the field and we practiced on AstroTurf and I had never been on AstroTurf, and I found out within 30 minutes uh, a practice which involved shorts and T-shirts for the freshmen turned into a full-tackle scrimmage. And uh, a player grabbed my knee. I was a running back at the time. Grabbed my knee, took me to the ground, and then rolled. And I just hear, I kept hearing pops in my knee. I, I ruptured my MCL and my ACL the first day, less than 30 minutes being there at Ohio State. So... I had surgery. I was done for the year, and I came back uh, a sophomore on Ohio State, third or fourth team. I forget what it was, and it took me three years to even get on the field. My senior year, I was able to play because of another injury to another player, and I had a game of my life against Northwestern uh, in Evanston, and a Chicago Bear scout came to the game. I I have to imagine that that was treated with they fix your 
MCL, the ligament on the inside of your knee, and then they threw you in a cast. Is that what you probably did, or was there? That, that's was that exactly it. Yeah, yeah, it was a really large, uh, heavy cast, and uh, you looked like you had come out of the war. I mean, you were limping around, you had crutches, and uh, it was very humbling because I remember going back to home, my hometown, looking like this. This is again, the, this is probably early in the in the, in the season, so. I had only been there for maybe a, a month when I came back with this large cast on my leg, and everyone said, "See, I told you, don't go there. That that place is way, way more valuable or has much more talent than you were capable of." And it was things like that. The words that I would hear, words motivated me. Words made a difference in my life. And when people would say that to me, <clears throat> I would take on a determination like I never had in my life, and I was determined that if I ever get back on the field, I am never going to let anybody touch my knee again, and I'm going to play with incredible intensity like nobody else. Let me take you back again. We're visiting with Doug Plank, former Chicago Bears safety. Dr. Cole, why did they cast a uh, a torn uh, ligament in the knee back then? Well, that was a time, Steve, that it was before we um, we – we it, we knew anything um, about reconstructing the ACLs. If you remember, we we discussed uh, Brian Piccolo, who uh, and we the, and we discussed uh, Gail Sayers, and you know that was at that transition point where we didn't really know how to fix the ligament. So what we did is I won't say we because I was just a kid. Uh, so what was done was um, you would basically make an incision, fix the ligament on the inside, and then put some, because we didn't have any good techniques to fix the anterior cruciate ligament, you put them in a cast for six, eight weeks, so they turned to stone. I mean, it's amazing that any athlete ever came back, quite frankly. I don't really, it's, I don't even, you know, today that we, we have terrible time getting people back with this injury when they have a medial cloud ligament injury. And back then, I mean, I have to imagine uh, it, it probably took you, you know, 8, 12, 14 months to get back. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it wasn't as bad as having the full-on surgery. Uh, but we just didn't have the techniques available at that time. You know what? I, I remember, um, well, that happened in the fall, in September, early September. And uh, spring practice started in April the next year. And I remember I was a participant in, in spring football. And a, a lot of it, there wasn't a lot of cuts. And I mean, I was a defensive back, so I had to change direction a lot of times and burst and accelerate and stop. And I, I remember I was relentless in the weight room. I had never lifted weights. And when I say I became a different person, I did. I mean, this was almost like the mini Hulk commercial. Uh, here's a guy that never lifted a weight, soft, and not anticipating what he was going to get at a major university like Ohio State. And after those injuries, I lived in, it literally lived in the weight room uh, doing leg extensions. Uh, I didn't do a lot of heavy squats because I didn't want to put a lot of pressure on my back as well as my knees. But I, I, could, I was stronger than any other player on our football team as far as legs were concerned. Leg press, uh, leg extension, I could, I could, I'll do anybody that was on our team. And I continued doing that, and I made decisions. As I was going through uh, my career running down on kickoffs, because that's the only thing I had to do for three years, because I wasn't playing, and I'd run down on kickoffs, and I was a straight-ahead guy. And if you got in my path, there was going to be a huge collision. And nobody was going to hit my knees if they went down and try to cut to try to chop my legs out. I would go as low as they did. So there was a lot of incredible collisions one foot off the ground. And I just protected my knees every chance I could throughout my remaining time with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, we're visiting with former NFL player Doug Plank. 
War number 46, of course, with the Chicago Bears. First Bears rookie to lead the team in tackles. Uh, so take us to uh, NFL days then, Doug. And uh, what was it like going from Ohio State to uh, the NFL? You know, you, you, Ohio State was not just a university, uh, but, you know, as far as football was concerned, I don't want to say it was a factory, but they had facilities that I don't think any other NFL team at that time could compare to. They had great athletic the locker rooms uh, the, from a facility standpoint. It was incredible. Uh, and when I came to Chicago Bears, they were renting uh, a closed-down girls' school in Lake Forest, Illinois, in a situation where, just from a facility standpoint, I thought that, um, you know, Ohio State certainly was much greater. It was bigger. and um, But, you know, it was, it was something that, regardless of whatever the facilities are, and so many people sometimes think, well, this is not capable for me to do what I want to do in terms of improving myself. But, you know, everything is up to an individual, I think. And truly, if they don't like what they're seeing it there in front of them, you know, they can go to get, get, uh, they can get answers and consultations from other doctors, other people. And uh, certainly the bears were certainly open to that. But, you know, again, I think I, I realize what my limitations were and I tried not to put myself in awkward situations many times to get physically harmed and uh, not in terms of, you know, getting, getting hit on the side and things like that. I was fine with everything straight on collisions because uh, nor, what happened then, <clears throat> I just transferred whatever my first point of contact was my helmet. When you're running somewhere, you know, your head is leaning your body, and it's the me- most natural thing to have contact with someone else. So that's really how my style uh, developed over the course of my career was, especially on special teams. You know, I, I led the team in special on tackles, kickoff tackles, the three years that I was there at Ohio State, and uh, that's a straight-on collision. Was there was there anyone that you were compared to when you were playing in terms of the way you played? Like, who were some of the the, the historic uh, athletes that you know played as hard as you did and had this sort of philosophy that you have? There was one person that uh, a safety that was at Ohio State that really everybody tried to model themselves after uh, Jack Tatum. Mm. You know, they wrote a book. They yep. called me assassin. Uh, I think yeah. everybody knows about him and his uh, unfortunate situation. Uh, you know, with hitting another player, and uh, and that, that was I mean, those were those were dark uh, memories uh, in terms of that incident happening. Uh, but you know, when I got there, everyone was trying to be a Jack Tatum. I, I wasn't. I was just trying to do what I what I, what I thought I could do. And you know, the, when you're playing football, there's a lot of fear because all those people on the field are bigger than you are. They're they're mostly fast and strong. And you have to develop a sense of um, telling yourself that no matter what happens on this football field, you have to be able to be able to do it. And I call it a suppression of your survival instinct because we all have survival instincts when we're driving automobiles and big things are coming at us where there's a tendency to slow down to avoid it. And just the opposite happens on a football field. You have to try to put, block all those thoughts and you have to be on a situation where you're running full speed and willing to run full speed into somebody else running at you doing the same thing. Well, Doug, maybe uh, next week we could go through, if you're willing to share with us, uh, some of the, uh, the the surgeries that you had and then what's happened as your post-football life. And uh, I think our listeners would love to hear what you're doing today, if you'd be willing to share that with us next. Oh, I would love to. I mean, seriously, I, 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 think, I love football. I mean, I, I'm so thankful I had an opportunity to do it. 
Uh, I still have my cracked Ohio State helmet that I cracked in my last game as a, as a Buckeye in the Rose Bowl, and I hit a big man in the wedge. And uh, after my helmet cracked, they taped it up with white tape and sent me back in the game to finish it. Uh, it's just the way things were back then. Uh, everything was just taken as a consideration, and you just moved on. All right, let's take a break right here, guys. And, uh, again, uh, part two with Doug Plank next week here on Sports Medicine Weekly. When we come back, though, it's our Ask the Doctor segment. We thank Doug. And, again, part two with Doug Plank next week. Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly only on 670 The Score.